It doesn't matter if the quest is real or artificial, I like searching for things and trying to find them. Fast food has given me almost an endless supply of quests over the years, be it collector's glasses, strange toys, or even a rare food product. One such product that has recurred time and again is the McRib sandwich from McDonald's. It has become a lot easier in recent years to find them, with websites sprouting up, to tell you where to get it, and with McDonald's becoming savvier in how they message the McRib coming out into the world. But before that, you actually had to either pick up the phone and call these places to find out if they had a McRib, or drive to the various McDonald's to find them. I have logged many miles in the search of the McRib and the Shamrock Shake over the years, and while I like the convenience of knowing where I can find a product, and the internet fulfills that role well. I do miss the mystery. I do miss the act of discovery, something I talk about a lot on the show, and something that faded quickly in our very connected world. There was nothing like the sensation of calling several places and being told that they had the product, then being disappointed as they didn't have it, and then they acted like they never heard of whatever it is that you were searching then to finally land at the place that had the product you wanted. It's silly and maybe foolish, but there's something about it that energized me and something about it that I miss to this day. So on today's show, I'd like to talk to you about a food I quested for very often successfully, the McDonald's McRib. We'll talk about the origins of the McRib, how it's made, how it was tested, its relationship to the pork industry, Metagirl's back with a top five list, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Fast food is a divisive subject. You can love it or hate it, but in 2018, 36.6% of the adult population of the United States consumed fast food in any given day, and that number is not going down, so people are eating it. This is not a podcast about the horrors of the fast food industry. This is a, for lack of a better word, celebration of that. So if you're willing to take that journey with me, you're very welcome to come along. The McRib which is a pork product, would not exist if not for another McDonald's item, the Chicken McNugget. The not-so-humble Chicken McNugget was created through the combined efforts of Herb Lotman of Keystone Foods 
and McDonald's first executive chef, René Arend, in 1979. They were a huge hit, and this led to shortages and complaints from both customers and franchisees. This shortage would lead directly to the creation of the McRib. In a 2009 interview, Arend said, There wasn't a system to supply enough chicken. We had to come up with something to give other franchises as a new product. So the McRib came about because of the shortage of chickens. Now, Arend could have taken a pork patty, slapped it on a hamburger bun, and have been done with it. But he took care to try to make the McRib an interesting creation. And I'd like to take a moment to ask you to reset your expectation on interesting. The modern mainstream trend toward unprocessed food was still years away when Arend was given his task. So the highly processed nature of the McRib, while always a bit controversial, was not as controversial as it has become nowadays. Again, Keystone Foods overview. I guess I should tell you a little bit about Keystone Foods, who helped develop this. It's a company now owned by Tyson Foods and is an important part of the fast food supply chain. They supply beef, chicken, fish, and pork to many of the world's largest restaurants. And Keystone Foods overview. The inspiration from the McRib came from Southern Barbecue. Arend was trying to capture the flavor of pulled pork sandwiches he had enjoyed in South Carolina. But the challenge was making it easier and less messy to serve at a large scale. You couldn't use pulled pork, it would just fall out all over the place. So a patty was in order. But what sort of patty? They would eventually settle on an elongated patty that has raised bumps that are shaped like ribs. Now, according to author Anastasia Marx de Salcedo, who wrote an excellent book called Combat Ready Kitchen, How the U.S. Military Shapes the Way You Eat, which I'll link to in the show notes, the basis for the food technology to make the McRib patty was originally developed by the United States military to use in MREs, or meal ready to eat. This process was furthered by the University of Nebraska and McDonald's. So the McRib is a shaped patty. No ribs are involved. That means no bones and little to no rib meat. According to Rob Canal, who was the director of McDonald's U.S. supply chain in 2009, Primarily, it's shoulder meat. The pork meat is chopped up, then seasoned, then formed into that shape that looks like a rib back. Then we flash freeze it. The whole process from fresh pork to frozen McRib takes about 45 minutes. Now, pork shoulder sounds pretty normal as a cut of meat, but they say primarily. It does seem that other cuts could be involved. Dr. Roger Mandigo, who helped perfect the technology behind the McRib, co-wrote a 1995 article that explains the process. So, get ready for this. Restructured meat products are commonly manufactured by using lower-valued meat trimmings reduced in size by flaking, chunking, grinding, chopping, or slicing. The meat mixture is then mixed with salt and water to extract salt-soluble proteins. These extracted proteins are critical to produce a glue which binds muscle pieces together. These muscle pieces may then be reformed to produce a meat log of specific form or shape. The log is then cut into steaks or chops, which, when cooked, are similar in appearance and texture to their intact muscle counterparts. That is from an article titled, Utilization of Twin Screw Cold Extrusion to Manufacture Restructured Chops from Lower-Valued Pork. It's a fascinating bit of food science, which gives greater control over food attributes in a product, although it is probably not for those who are squeamish about the origins of their foods. 
They started testing the McRib in Kansas City in 1981 before bringing it to other markets in the early months of 1982. Kansas City at that point was a hotbed for product testing. Seemed like a very exciting place if you wanted to try products early. A few months into that year, media outlets were starting to mention this brand new offering. A lot of it appears to be through the efforts of McDonald's marketing and coverage by the UPI news agency. Reading through the press at the time, people seemed to see the McRib as the next coming of the McNugget. McDonald's, of course, did everything to encourage that idea. In 1982, Stephanie Skirty, who was the manager of media relations at McDonald's, said, So far, it's been enthusiastically received and we're enthusiastic about it. At this point, the McRib was being offered in around 2,000 of McDonald's 5,600 restaurants. This was considered test mode, and according to their advertising manager at the time, Neil Perry, this test would run for at least two more years. McDonald's was confident. The pork industry was excited. When the McDugget was released, it was a boon to chicken suppliers. So the pork suppliers were drooling at the prospect of a successful fast food pork sandwich. Of all the major industrial meats, it was the one that was not being consumed in this lucrative market. At the time of its release, over 30% of U.S. beef was being consumed away from home, compared to just 12% of pork. The idea that 5,600 McDonald's outlets might be serving three to 400 pounds of pork per week was noteworthy. If these McDonald's numbers stood up, McDonald's would only be consuming less than 0.000067% of the pork produced in the United States annually, but it was hoped that this would cause other restaurants to consider serving more pork. Tom McDermott, the director of communications for the National Livestock and Meat Board, said at the time, We're excited that it will cause a lot of others in the food industry to look at pork. Pork has been overlooked by the food service industry in our opinion. Pork hasn't benefited as beef has from the food service boom that began in the 1960s. The McRib wasn't just a new food. It was going to bring new life to pork and make America a pig-gobbling nation. It was just a matter of time. The McRib might have been a successful product, but not all McDonald's products were. Now with a look at some products that just didn't make it, here's Metagirl. Five, four, three, two, one. Greetings, retro fans. This is Metagirl, bringing you the top five discontinued menu items from McDonald's. At number five are onion nuggets. At Ray Kroc's direction, McDonald's in-house chef developed onion nuggets, bite-sized chunks of battered and deep-fried onions. The tasty morsels were tested in 1978 and 79. A natural accompaniment to burgers, right? So why no onion nuggets today? Unfortunately, the variety of onion supplies made it impossible to control quality, so onion nuggets were abandoned. However, the original veggie-based concept has a luscious legacy, the chicken nugget, which lives on as a fast food fan favorite and is a direct descendant of the onion nugget. Number four is the McDLT. Are you tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers in your town that don't live up to expectations? You think to yourself, just once, I'd like my hamburger hot and my lettuce and tomato cool and crisp, all at the same time? Well, from around 1984 to 1991, McDonald's had your back with the McDLT. A quarter pound of beef on the hot, hot side of a two-compartment polystyrene container, and on the cool, cool side, you guessed it, crisp lettuce and tomato, some assembly required before consumption. The unique packaging allowed the beef to stay hot and the veg to stay cool and crisp, 
a burger eater's dream come true, but not so much for the environment. The polystyrene packaging was said to make the earth too hot and soggy, so now our lettuce and tomato are hot and soggy instead. Life is full of trade-offs. Number three is McPizza. McPizza was no flash in the pizza pan. Nope, McDonald's experimented with both personal and family-sized pizzas in test markets as far back as the late 1970s. By some estimates, pies expanded to nearly 40% of their restaurants by the early 1990s, before the great pizza probe was put on hold. McPizzas were discontinued in most restaurants by the year 2000, although two franchises, one in Ohio, the other in West Virginia, preserved their pies until 2017. Several factors brought down the McPizza. Special ovens required too much space. Pizza boxes were too wide for drive-through windows. The purchase price was too high, and most importantly, pizzas took 10 plus minutes to deliver, which didn't fit with McDonald's focus on fast. So the McPizza is just a tasty slice of history. Unless you're lucky enough to be in Orlando, Florida, the last location where you can acquire a McPizza at the world's largest entertainment McDonald's on Sand Lake Road. At number two is the Hula Burger. Observing a need for a product for those observing the religious practice of Meatless Fridays, Ray Kroc devised a sandwich consisting of a thick-cut grilled pineapple ring and two slices of cheese on a toasted bun. In an effort to preserve McDonald's all-hamburger image, he made the new item sound like a natural extension of the hamburger line. He called it the Hula Burger. The Hula Burger was put to the test in a head-to-head -head contest with another meatless contender, the filet fish The winner of a showdown on Good Friday 1962 would determine which Lenten option would be added to the menu full-time. 98% of the test market force found fish to be first. So we said mahalo and aloha to the Hula Burger, and by 1965, the filet fish was available nationwide. And the number one discontinued McDonald's menu item is the roast beef sandwich. With an eye on fast food rival Arby's and a desire to present McDonald's as not just a place for kids, but adults too, the roast beef sandwich went McMainstream in the late 1960s. For a brief time, you could get thin sliced, tender roast beef served piping hot on a freshly toasted sesame seed bun glorified with a tasty butter spread and served with a packet of special barbecue sauce. Yum! The grown-up grub was an immediate hit with customers. Unfortunately, a miscalculation related to meat shrinkage meant that McDonald's could not turn a profit on the 59-cent sandwich no matter how many it sold. Unwilling to raise the price, the roast beef sandwich was sliced from the menu. Want to learn more? Consider becoming a Patreon member, which would give you access to a supporter-only episode of the Retroist podcast all about the McDonald's roast beef sandwich. And there you have it, the Retroist's top five discontinued menu items from McDonald's. Until next time, List fans, this has been Metagirl. Thanks, Metagirl. McDonald's would continue to expand the McRib to new locations. In 1983, this offering would peak at 3,500 locations. The marketing was working, and many people were running out to try the McRib. Unfortunately, trying it is all they did. Repeat customers just didn't appear. Feedback focused on two negative aspects of the sandwich, its taste and its messiness. Things weren't looking good for McDonald's, but they didn't give up, and continued their marketing push. According to a 1984 article, 
in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, they did this with money from a national pork industry group as part of a cooperative agreement with McDonald's. This was the first such initiative between a commodity group and McDonald's, and it just demonstrates how important the McRib was to providers of pork. That initial wave of McRib advertising started in late 1981, and it would peak in 1982. But by 1983, it was becoming apparent to both McDonald's and the pork industry that the McRib was not the runaway success they hoped it would be, and advertising dried up. Several articles would appear in 1983 and 1984 claiming that the McRib was a giant mistake, like mistake, or a McFlop, which I like better. While the pork industry saw it as a setback, they also saw a silver lining. According to the vice president of the National Livestock and Meat Board's pork program, Mark Thomas, we may have taken some steps backward, then added that the McRib really brought the idea and concept many steps forward. It helped that McDonald's added pork sausage to their breakfast menu at the time. While not the massive boon that the industry dreamed of, it was a new way to put pork on people's plates. The McRib was going the way of other McDonald's failures, like the McDLT and onion nuggets. But it turns out the McRib was something different. McDonald's would revive the McRib for limited times, and when it did, the group of people who liked this barbecue on a bun started to take notice. McDonald's even started running ads for the McRib, including a very memorable campaign narrated by musician Tony Joe White in 1989. Now, why did McDonald's release the McRib? There's this great article from 2011 called A Conspiracy of Hogs, The McRib as Arbitrage by Willie Staley, and it lines up the pricing of pork as a commodity with the release of the McRib. It's a speculative piece But if true, it's a very straightforward lesson in economics. The price of pork goes down, McDonald's releases the McRib. The price of pork goes up, McDonald's holds back the McRib. It's just not profitable for them to put it out. Now, as that advertising I mentioned started to take hold and people kept talking about the McRib, it started to slowly but surely appear in select McDonald's restaurants seasonally. The McRib might not have changed the fast food world, but it had found an audience and they were loyal. This loyalty was skewered wonderfully in a 2003 episode of The Simpsons called I'm Spelling as Fast as I Can. If you can watch it, you should. In the episode, Homer discovers the magic of a new crusty burger sandwich, the Ribwich. Eating one is a mind-altering experience that causes him to abandon other things in his life to become a ribhead. He and his fellow ribheads travel around the country in a hippie-like caravan eating ribwitches. It is a great parody of both The Grateful Dead and the growing following of the McRib, and probably people like me who were traveling long distances to get that McRib. The first mention of the McRib I can find online currently is in Google Groups. It is in their archive of Usenet posts. There you can find a post from 1992 called Deprived Europeans? Question mark. In a response to an original poster, Curtis Johnson says, Hey, all you McRib lovers out there, I don't know if this thing is going nationwide or not, but in the Madison, Wisconsin region, McDonald's is having a Bring Back the West promotion starting on or around March 16th. The promotion will include bringing the McRib and the Western-style omelet for breakfast for a limited time only. 
plus some locations will have lower prices on the chicken fajitas and breakfast burritos, but the stores that will participate in that are still unknown to me. Happy McRib eating, and make sure you wear your bib. Post-Usenet would give rise to early fan websites that would be replaced with communities on sites like Facebook and fan accounts on Twitter, but it was a site that started in 2008 that would capture the attention of the world. Now, as I mentioned, the McRib would return to select restaurants, and for many people, it was very inconvenient to deal with where they might actually find a McRib. Now, Alan Klein was a fan of the McRib who just wanted to help his fellow McRib enthusiasts find and enjoy what they craved. So he started the McRib Locator. It started as a simple site where people could report and find McRibs, but it has grown into a clearinghouse for all things McRib with updated news around releases and a Facebook community with over 15,000 followers. It is a solid fast food community, but it also might be one of the largest dedicated to a single seasonal fast food item. Slowly but surely over the years, the McRib's following has grown, not only here in the United States but abroad. In fact, in other countries, the McRib is available with variations. For example, in Nicaragua, you can get four types of McRib sandwiches. The standard McRib, a McRib with onion rings on it, a McRib with cheese, and a McRib with bacon. Which makes me wonder, can I get a McRib with onion rings, cheese, and bacon? All of them sound delicious, and they demonstrate how we haven't even begun to figure out interesting things to do with the McRib. Enthusiasm for them is so high right now, and perhaps pork prices are so low, that McDonald's has released the McRib nationwide for the first time in a very long time. So now everyone can get to a McDonald's and enjoy the opportunity to try one perhaps for the first time, or get reacquainted with this venerable cult classic. Once it starts, though, it's unclear how long this current offering will last. It'll probably just go for a couple of months before disappearing again. Then all we can do is speculate on the demise of the McRib once again. Now, we might not know exactly when the McRib will appear in the future, and perhaps it has to do with the price of pork, but I can tell you one thing. In the future, the McRib will appear again and again. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at retroist.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you could follow Peachy at Twitter. He's at twitter.com slash peachypixel8. That's the word peachy, the word pixel, and the number eight. Thanks to Metagirl for another great top five list. You should follow Metagirl on Twitter as well. She's at twitter.com slash metagirl. That's M-E-T-A-G-R-R-L. I would like to thank everyone who is supporting the show via Patreon. If you can support the show, please drop by patreon.com slash retroist. We'd love to have you aboard. I'd like to thank new Patreon members Bill Davis and Carrie Ross. Thanks for joining. It's great to have you aboard. Over at Patreon, you will find bonus tracks, member-only episodes, and access to our Discord channel. If you can't join Patreon and want to help the show, please stop by wherever you download this show and give it a good review, which will help other people find the show. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Cominution. 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 Cominuted. Cominuted. Cominuted?
Comminuted. 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 Comminuted meat. Comminuted meat. What? That is crazy. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.